Hi church, hope you've managed to get yourself your favourite drink to sit down with me and uh, explore the Bible together. I've been thinking through chapter 12 of Mark's Gospel and looking at the parable of the tenants and reflecting on my life and at times I've found myself going the wrong way, literally the wrong way. I once was on holiday with the family and we were coming home and on the um, auto route on the way home thinking to myself this doesn't feel right and an hour later realizing I was literally going the wrong way. I was going back to the south of France. There was another time where we were on holiday again. It seems to be on holiday we get lost often. We was in a new forest and we went for a drive. We parked our caravan up and we thought we'd go and explore the place. And it got to a point where I just didn't know where I was and the sat-nav wasn't working. The battery went flat on my phone and I didn't have a sat-nav in the car. And I'm desperately trying to find out. It's getting tense in the car. I don't know if you've ever had those moments where um, people are, are getting a bit fed up with driving around and not knowing where we are. And June says, let's just go back. And I said, I can't go back because I don't know where I am to go back. Um, that was quite a, a tense moment, as you can imagine. But this account in the um, first section of Mark's Gospel, chapter 12, is a literal story that Jesus has given to the uh, chief priests and the teachers of the law um, who challenged him in chapter 11 about by what authority does he do the things that he's doing. And Jesus doesn't play their game. And he's literally telling the story how Israel had gone the wrong way. I don't know if you've ever felt you're going the wrong way. I feel sometimes this world is going the wrong way. Particularly in this pandemic, it feels even more so we don't know whether to wear face masks, whether to keep social distancing, whether to touch things, how to clean things, what to do and what not to do, how to keep safe, how not to keep safe against the impact on the mental health. It's becoming increasingly more difficult to navigate yourself around the world as we are having to learn how it is. And that's a thing in life. We face difficulties all the time. Whether we find ourselves going the wrong way or not, life seems to be filled with difficulties and indeed a lot of difficult people. Jesus had his fair share of dealing with difficult people. I know myself I've been a difficult person over the years. And as we look through these texts, some of the texts, we're not going to go through the whole of chapter 12, but we're going to th go through sections of it. You'll see how Jesus is confronted with difficult people. And what we want to learn here is how do I deal with difficult people in difficult times? Dealing with difficult people in difficult times. Learning to navigate ourselves through this world in a way God wants us to. And I've learned the more I allow Christ to become the cornerstone of my life, the more by the power of the Holy Spirit he aids me to deal with difficult times and difficult people. Let's hear the first reading uh, from Mark's Gospel, chapter 12, Tenants of the Vineyard. Mark 12, verses 1 to 12. Jesus then began to speak to them in parables. 
A man planted a vineyard. He put a wall around it, dug a pit for the wine press and built a watchtower. Then he rented the vineyard to some farmers and moved to another place. At harvest time, he sent a servant to the tenants to collect from them some of the fruit of the vineyard. But they seized him, beat him and sent him away empty-handed. Then he sent another servant to them. They struck this man on the head and treated him shamefully. He sent still another and that one they killed. He sent many others, some of them they beat, others they killed. He had one left to send, a son whom he loved. He sent him last of all, saying, They will respect my son. But the tenants said to one another, This is the heir, come, let's kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. So they took him and killed him, and threw him out of the vineyard. What then will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and kill those tenants and give the vineyard to others. Haven't you read this passage of scripture? The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this and it is marvellous in our eyes. Then the chief priests, the teachers of the law and the elders looked for a way to arrest him because they knew he had spoken the parable against them. But they were afraid of the crowd, so they left him and went away. So here we have this wonderful parable of Jesus telling the story of Israel, Israel's journey of rejecting the very blessing, the very hope, the saviour of the world, the Messiah that they have been waiting for. They, he's offering them this to help them to get on the right road, to go the right way, and they reject him. This whole parable is um, a full picture and the, the teachers of the law and the chief priests knew it all too well. And they were familiar with the story that Jesus was telling, the parable that Jesus was telling is about them. The hedges were about the law, the vineyard was God's gift creation, God's world for them, God's land for them. The wine press was a symbol of the altar. The, um, the watchtower was a symbol of the temple. The tenants were them, the religious leaders, the chief priests, and the servants were the prophets who were sent by God, and the heir was Jesus himself. And they understood this story all too well. It's a very Jewish story, and they understood it, hence why they ended off with wanting to find a way to get him arrested. So they send more difficult people or in hope that these people were difficult. The Herodians came and they questioned Jesus about the tax. He says later they sent some Pharisees and some Herodians. Uh, they came to him and said, teacher, we know that you are a man of integrity. They were trying to butter him up, trying to, trying to sweet talk him. You aren't swayed by others because you say you pay no attention to who they are, but you teach the way of God. You're an amazing guy. Have you ever had that people coming up to you and saying, I love the way you do things and I love what you're about. And I really, um, and, and then later on, they're like, oh, I don't know, I'm not too sure about you anymore. Um, 
that happens. We're, we're, we're habitual creatures and we, we're easily swayed. And we're easily influenced. And we're, we can be quite fickle. If you look at the crowd here, Hosanna to the King of David at the beginning of the week. And by the end of the week, they're saying, crucify him, crucify him. Not too sure they are the same people. But the point is that one minute he's the, he's the savior of the world. Next minute, it's crucify him. We don't want him. And they say, is it right to pay taxes? The poll tax to Caesar or not. Now, Jesus knows they're trying to trap him. He even says that. What's the matter with you? Why are you trying to call me? Why are you trying to trap me? And you know the script inscription. He holds up a coin. This was an insult because they weren't even supposed to touch these coins. So he holds them up and says, look at it. They're not even supposed to look at the inscription because it's not an inscription that relates to their faith and their um, belief in God and, the, and their identity as the people of Israel. It says, do not in, engrave images um, uh, or worship idols. And here on the coin was Tiberius Caesar Augustus, um, the one that the Romans claimed to be the, uh, the one sent from God, from God himself, the Lord. And uh, here we have his inscription on it. And Jesus is making a point that this belongs to Caesar, so pay to Caesar. And there's another point hidden behind that. You know, is there's a political issue, uh, there's a tax issue, and there's a a, um, uh, a, a political issue, and a, a, um, I can't remember if I said now, um, a, a religious issue. But anyway, maybe I should have edited that, but I haven't. And there's several issues going on here, and uh, Jesus is saying, you know, you, you want all the benefits of Rome. Um, what, what Rome brings, uh, civil order, law and order, um, courts, justice, um, clean water, um, etc. And, and trade, but you don't want to pay the taxes. And they're amazed at this teaching. So God, uh, so the Pharisees and the teachers of the law sent some people to be difficult. And Jesus managed to influence them in a positive way. When you're dealing with difficult people, what is your objective? Jesus I objective, I believe, was to help people know the truth, to help them be set free from the hypocrisy of religion and, and of politics and of um, a corrupt mindset. And then, if that wasn't enough, they send some, some Sadducees. Uh, they were Sadducees because they didn't believe in the resurrection. That's supposed to be a joke. I don't know if you got that. So the Sadducees come and they question Jesus about... Um, who will the man be married to or who would the woman be married to after the seventh time she's had to marry the brother of the previous brother who passed away and whose children would they belong to um, the first man or the last man um, in the afterlife and Jesus like you don't even know your own scriptures what's the matter with you you don't know your own scriptures um, and you don't know the power of God verse verse 24 and uh, here you are it says in Exodus, doesn't it? Chapter three, verse six. I am the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob, the God, uh, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob, the, of the living, not of the dead. So the, the um, Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection, although it's in the first five books, the Pentateuch, uh, which they held dear to. They didn't have any other of the Old Testament writings or believe that they were relevant. Um, or necessary. So here he is, Jesus is challenging um, all the people that the teachers of the law and the Pharisees were sent to cause Jesus difficulties. And he outwitted them all the time. In fact, on verse um, 27, he says, you are badly mistaken because our God is a God of the living, 
So Abraham, Jacob and Isaac are living because they followed the ways of the Lord. In this final section, we're going to look at another exciting um, uh, counterattack from Jesus. Um, and this, this passage will hopefully challenge, it, challenge us in how we deal with difficult people in our lives and how we need to come to God to learn how to be less difficult in a very difficult world. Mark 12, 28 to 34. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbour as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding and with all your strength and to love your neighbour as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. As you look around the world in which you live, as you look around the city in which you live, as I encouraged us to do last week, as you look around the church that you know and that maybe you're a part of, as you look around the community that you find yourself in, as you look around your home that God has blessed you with, not only what do you see, but what direction do you see everything going? The world continuously seems to be in chaos. It is now and it has been for many years. And God invites us to walk with Jesus on that difficult road in a difficult world. Inviting us to go the right direction. Jesus was heading for the um, most difficult time in his life. And at one point in the garden, he asked the Lord to take this cup from him, but your will be done. How much of us pray for God's will in our lives? How much are we willing to take that difficult road in a difficult world and meet difficult people in a new way, in a godly way, in a um, way that's opposite to this world? I thank God for the people who I was difficult to, who never gave up on me. Hopefully I'm less difficult than I used to be. You'll have to speak to June about that one. I allow myself to interact, to engage, and to be around difficult people, not because I, I gloat in their 
foolishness sometimes. Uh, maybe they are foolish sometimes. I don't gloat in that. I look, I try to look at them in the way God looks at them, in the way God looks at me. And I attempt to establish Jesus as my cornerstone, it said in verse 10, that the um, stone the builders rejected has become the capstone, the cornerstone, the bedrock. Jesus is my rock and that's how I roll. You may have noticed on my t-shirt. But that is it for me personally. Jesus has made a significant difference in my life to the way I look at people, particularly difficult people. And that's the challenge we have here. This is the challenge Jesus has given us as he travels in to Jerusalem and through Jerusalem to the city where he will meet his tragic death. But in the meantime, he's having to face difficult people who are sent to trap him. I remember um, picking up the phone one Christmas and it was a cold caller who was trying to sell me life assurance. I didn't want to speak to them, but I committed myself mentally to engaging conversation with such people because um, I wanted to reach out and share the gospel with them because they get a tough deal, ring up, people hang up on them um, and sometimes hurl abuse at them. So I chose to engage with this woman and I said, you could not offer me the life assurance that I have. It is the best money can buy. I said, you will, wouldn't understand it. And I dragged this on for about seven minutes until she said, please tell me. And so I went to tell her that Jesus is the life assurance that I have. Uh, and I shared with her the gospel. For another seven minutes, she was asking questions about the gospel. In the end, I had to end the call because I had guests around over Christmas. So I could have not answered that call. I could have put that call down. I could have cut her off immediately because she would be seen as a nuisance, an awkward, a difficult person. Another account, my son Craig once was bullied at school, age nine years old, and he was bullied constantly and in the end we encouraged him to go to the bully and say look you can beat me up i'm not a fighter you can push me over and i won't get back up but what benefit is that going to be to you so we said go and confront him and say if i've done anything wrong i'm sorry but i can't think what i've done if it makes you feel big then beat me up and he went and done that and the guy stopped bullying him the guy turned around and became a good friend to him. How do we deal with difficult people? How do we allow Jesus to teach us? It says in verse 30 and verse 31, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, with all your soul, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Just reflect on those words just for a moment. To apply those is to commit yourself to looking at people the way Jesus looks at you. We're gonna take a few moments to listen to a, a rap song, a Christian rap about difficulties and about how God will find us no matter what direction we're going in, no matter how difficult we find ourselves, no matter how difficult we find this world. Jesus, took on the call to bless difficult people. 
God was so compassionate about his world, going in the wrong way, then as he is now. He's compassionate about the whole world. And he's called you in one little place in that world. One little community. To bring about positive influence. Beautiful differences. Blessings from heaven. He has called you and me to be a blessing right where we are. I dare you to allow your minds to be transformed and your hearts transformed to the glory of God to make a difference in every life you come into contact with. No matter how difficult people are, love and bless them as you are loved and blessed. Just fight a little longer, my friend. So worth it in the end But when you got nobody to turn to Just hold on and I'll find you I'll find you I'll find you Just hold on and I'll find you I'm hanging on by your thread And all I'm clinging to is prayers And every breath is like a battle I feel like I ain't come prepared And death's knocking on the front door Pain's creeping through the back Fears crawling through the windows Waiting for them to attack They say don't get bitter, get better I'm working on switching them letters But tell God I'ma need a whole lot of hope Keeping it together I'm smiling in everyone's face I'm crying whenever they leave the room They don't know the battle I face they don't understand what I'm going through The world trying to play with my soul I'm just trying to find where to go I'm trying to remember the way I'm trying to get back to my home But I can't do this on my own That's why I'm just trusting in you Cause I don't know where else to go And I don't know what else to do Just fight a little longer, my friend It's all worth it in the end But when you got nobody to turn to Just hold on and I'll find you Fight a little longer, my friend It's all worth it in the end But when you got nobody to turn to Just hold on and I'll find you Let us pray. If you found yourself feeling you're going in a direction that's confusing you or it's disorientating you. If you feel the world is just too much and you're living in a difficult world under difficult times among difficult people, maybe you find yourself being difficult and you don't know why. Maybe you didn't realize you're being difficult and you're picking up signs that people are struggling with you. Let's just take this moment and remind ourselves that Jesus invites us to allow him to be the cornerstone in our lives. Let's also be reminded that God loves us just as we are, no matter how difficult we are. And he loves being among difficult people because he knows he has the blessings from heaven to give us, to transform us and make us new again. The Bible says that we can be a new creation. It says in Acts 1 verse 8, that we will receive the power of the Holy Spirit. If you want to see transformation in your life now, may I invite you to say, Holy Spirit, I welcome you. Jesus, I invite you to be my cornerstone. And say with me, I want to love the Lord with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my strength, with all my soul. And I want to love my neighbor as I love myself. And I want to love people just as God loves people. 
for I can make a difference because of the love of Jesus in me. And I can be different because of the love of Jesus in me. Lord, I thank you for your word today. May we take it and apply it and allow this Holy Spirit to transform us and the world around us. This we pray in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen.